Welcome to Photo Mission Focus discussing photography. In the studio with me today is Terry's back in the chair after <laughs> Terry was here for episode 200. It was the last time Terry sat in the studio. It was a while ago. And this is episode 250. So <laughs> Back again. She's back again. So back I, again. I just thought it'd be really interesting for people who like long-term listeners who have been listening right back from day dot. And there's quite a few episodes that Terry was in. I think you did a, 124 episodes. I think so, yeah. yeah. There was quite a few. And then, yeah. and then I got you back for episode 200. 200, yes. And then yes. you're back for episode 250. Yes, yes, very exciting. You took a kind of, I suppose, and look, for people who are long-time listeners would know you constantly talked about van life. And <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say was, I would say is a small obsession, yes. Yes, so so you actually put that into practice and you, and you, you packed up. All your worldly belongings, basically. Oh my goodness! So and, many trips and, to Goodwill. And what were you? What were you in? You know, was it a VW <laughs> it was combi? A, it was a VW transporter with a pop top. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It's. It was a great, a great car. Still is an incredible car. So I thought it'd be interesting to go back because obviously, along, I mean, you travelled wide and far around Australia. Mm. You, you did some big Ks. Do you? Roughly, we did. Do you know how many Ks you did roughly? Or. Oh, I know you asked me to check it out and I didn't even do it. But we did. We started in Brisbane and we did a full lap yep. around Australia. So we, we missed, clock. sadly we missed Tasmania, but we we did clock up a few Ks right up through to Victoria, Western Australia, South, oh, South Australia first, yep. and then the Territory and then back through kind of rural Queensland. Yep. So that's into, a pretty epic it was great. Seven yeah. months of just bliss and fighting with grey nomads over the best best free campsite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, grey nomads. There's competition out there everywhere. So you go. much competition. It's not just the rental market, it's the it's the WikiCamps free hosting yeah. as well. There you go. From a photography point of view, mm. that must have been presented you with some incredible landscape so many and i i'm not a practiced landscape photographer at all so for me i was completely out of my comfort zone when it came to photographing things all landscape and animals and and the like so yeah it was it was incredible yep absolutely incredible and i think that that's the thing like once you kind of do like this a road trip is one of those things that really immerses you in the environment mm. because yes. yeah. if you jump on a plane or even on a bus or whatever, you don't yeah. you miss so much because I mean obviously if you see something and you're driving along, I'm sure there's times when you spot something and you just, you just pulled over just to yeah. check it out. Yeah, and I have to say I didn't do that or we didn't do that enough. Yeah. To be honest, there's still things that I can recall that. In my mind, I'm like, there's a, there's a touch of regret for not stopping and having a look or taking a photograph. I've been doing a little bit of tripping myself mm. lately. Not not you have like, not like what you've done, but similar. Where we did like we did do Tassie, we did do a road trip. <laughs> I know, I'm very envious. <laughs> and you've even been to to one of my favourite places, New Zealand. Yeah, we did we did road tripping around New Zealand. But the thing was that we did pull over quite a lot mm. to take photos because I and this was my mantra was that. I may never go back to that location again. Yes. So I figure yeah. even though sometimes like you've been driving for like part of the, a fair part of the day and you just want to get to where you're going to stay that night. Yeah. So you're kind of like, oh, I just want to you know, <laughs> put my feet up, do whatever. Yeah. But I kind of pushed to go, you know what, 
may not ever come back down the travel yeah. down this road again. Yeah, you may you're never right. see that waterfall from there again. So I'm going to stop and take the photos. So it was, but it was a conscious choice to actually do that. Like mm. it was something, like I said, I can understand how easily for you just to kind of go, oh, we'll just keep driving till the next place. And yeah, you know I mean, it is easy yeah. to do that, but but I think yeah. And I I found myself doing that a lot more than I anticipated doing. Um, my partner stopped a lot more than myself yep. to take drone imagery and video footage, which was absolutely incredible, absolutely stunning. Which is good complementary to what the still yeah. stuff that you were taking. Yeah, absolutely right. And I I didn't pull my camera out nearly as much as I thought I would. Yep. And in reflection, I wish I had yep. a lot more. And I did in my head. I was I kept thinking to myself, "I'll be back again. I'll be back again." Yep. And so this this trip is just about soaking it in. But yep. in retrospect. I may not be back again, and even if I am, it'll be completely different. That's like things change, and they absolutely do. Yeah. But, but in saying that, Terry, but what I have noticed is, and I was a kind of, I suppose, earlier as a photographer, mm. I was just like prolifically snapping away at kind of everything. Yeah. But you know, so the last few trips have done the, you know, done the Tassie trip, and then yeah. we did the New Zealand trip, and yeah. I've just come back from, I've just come back from Singapore, yeah, and Thailand and Malaysia, and I really. I haven't taken as many photos as I used to because I got I'm, I'm becoming more selective of yeah. what I shoot. Like I mean, yeah. some of the stuff now I look at and go, oh, it's it's just kind of like in the past I would have just taken four thousand different shots of different <laughs> angles. And, I completely oh. relate to that feeling. <laughs> and now I kind of go, you know what? I don't. I've seen this. I don't need to photograph it. Yeah. And then, yep. but, and then, and occasionally there is that that moment of regret where you thought, "Oh, I should have taken a photo of that." And, yeah. And there was there was one. I'll, I'll tell you a photo so you can you can you can visualize this if you like because it'll be a good thing to kind of visualize. Yeah. We went into this little off beaten lake in um, New Zealand. I found it. I was googling and I found this thing, and it was I think it was like Eden or something. It was anyway. And there wasn't been it was something else anyway. So anyway, but it turned out to be like it was eleven k's of dirt road into it, right? Not <laughs> so very relatable. Good, not very, good, not very good road. Like okay, it was eleven kilometers of track. So we get in there, and it's quite pretty, and taking some photos and that type of stuff, and it's really interesting. And we decide, okay, yep, yeah, seen enough. Let's 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 kind of move out. And then as we start to head out down this track, we've come across this farmer. And he's herding sheep. Anyway, the sheep had just got, I don't know, they didn't get the message or something, but they just went AWOL. They're just going everywhere. Oh, my goodness. He's probably spent three hours trying to get them in the <laughs> yeah. right spot. Anyway, so, so we stop, and but then, then the road ahead is completely blocked. There's just sheep everywhere. Mm. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting there waiting for the sheep to move on from and And then I kind of realised like after, after, so you can imagine like in front of the car, just for all you can see, it's just this, like you're in this, flock of sheep yeah i didn't take a photo (laughs) (laughs) you probably just stood there like you stopped the car and you were done well we're just kind of mesmerized because he's trying really hard so anyway (laughs) he he, he was getting up close to the car so deb went on the window down she said i'm sorry if we he said no no he said they're going the wrong direction (laughs) i'm trying to turn them around So you may have been able to help them. <laughs> yeah. So, but I didn't. I didn't take a photo, which was which was kind of. I I did kind of regret that because it was a great scene of this. Like you're in this, 
you're in this flock of sheep, basically. Oh, it's incredible. Mm. I, I I can match that one because there is something that we did when we were we when we were in Victoria. I'm really fortunate. I've got some family that live in a small country town where I was born. Yep. And where, where's that? It's in Ararat, Victoria. Yep. And so my auntie has friends who have this incredibly huge property, which is um, it's got it's a it's a sheep sheep property. So they do shearing every year. Yep. Very, you know, old school, like you've never seen before. Coming from the city, you don't see that kind of yep. thing. So the proper old-fashioned shearing sheds? Proper old. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I would love to be there at shearing time. be incredible. We went yabbing on their property and we had to drive in the back of the ute. So yep. we all sit in the back of the ute, but not inside the cabin, of course, oh, this, in this, the tray. This is, this is straight, out, <laughs> straight out in the bush. Yeah, yeah. So I did actually have my camera with me at the time. And I took some photographs of all of these sheep that thought they were getting fed. I reckon there was fair, right, maybe 200 of them following us making noise. And um, and Shannon, my partner, Mookie, actually, she got, uh, she got footage of all of the sheep coming towards us on her iPhone. And iPhone videography has come, has come such yeah. a long way. Yeah. And it's hilarious. There's just these sheep, and I've got these static photographs of them, which are quite iconic Australian-wise. Yep. So it was one of those moments, like yourself, and it's one of the few moments that I had my camera on me and I was taking pictures. Later on in the trip, not so much, yep. but yeah, no, it's 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 definitely one of those things. So with your with your travels, because I know a lot of people probably listen to podcasts and they. Sometimes I people think, you know, at some point I'd love to do what Terry did, mm. pack up and jump in the van and, and drive around Australia. Mm. What kit did you take? Did you take, did you leave some of your kit, like store it somewhere? Or did mm. you take all your kit with you? What, what was the go? Well, initially I took my standard wedding kit, which is an 85mm prime and a 35mm prime. And I just took one camera body rather than two. Yep. Just thinking that. If I ever did come across some work and I wanted to complete something, I could do it. I found that storage in the van is optimal. So yeah. you, yep. d- you don't want to carry anything that you don't don't need. Yep. And you also don't want to have to access it if, if it's not easy to get to. So the storage in, in our particular van, it's not easy to get to. So in the end, I, I found I wasn't using my 85. So when I had flown back to Brisbane... Um, to photograph a wedding. Because so in, in between this, even though you were off on this amazing adventure, mm. you had to come back a couple times yeah. to, to actually do some paid jobs. I flew back twice for weddings that I had booked before I left. And so I, the first time I flew back, I left a portion of my gear here and only took what I like the bare essentials back. And so the rest of my trip was with the 35 mil, which yep. is a really robust all-rounder. So, yeah, I did did change my gear, keeping in mind as well that it was the perfect perfect lens choice for lens choice, sorry, for photographing people and yes. also attempting, I'm going to say attempting with air quotes, to photograph landscapes because it's yep. not my strength. No. And I really, I'll be honest, I really struggle to photograph landscapes in the way that would do it justice to show you how beautiful it really is. It is an art form. Like it's quite difficult sometimes when you see this beautiful vista in front of you and you mm. get your camera out and you start, you know, snapping away and then you start looking at the back of the camera and you're just not quite yeah, there's, hitting it. It's Yeah, it, and, there's there's a level of disappointment, isn't yeah. there? And yeah. Look, a lot of, and what you've got to understand, a lot of landscape photography, the amazing stuff you see with some of the amazing landscape photography, 
I mean, there's a lot of use of filters. Mm. There's lots of like choices around the time of day. Like that's when, right. So you, that's right. And unfortunately, this was what I mean. I went to um, the Wanaka tree in in um, which is a famous tree. I don't know if you've seen it. It's, yeah. it's photographed. It's on the inter- internet everywhere. I will Google it after. You, you this. will Google it. Yeah. And you'll see it once you see it. You'll go. Oh yeah, I've seen that. 4,000 million times. <laughs> it's in Lord of the Rings. Uh, well, and a lot of people like it, amazing to shoot it would be at sunrise or sunset, but mm. where where its location is for us particularly, like we got there about 2 o'clock. Yeah. And the lighting yeah. the lighting wasn't really perfect for landscape photography. It was, yeah. it was overhead, too harsh. Yeah. And that type of stuff. But I was there. I had to take photos. So it was really hard to get creative, like trying to take – like um, something a little bit different, so mm. it didn't have a lot to work with. So that's one of the challenges quite often with landscape exactly. photography is you need to be there at the right time. That's exactly of day. right. Yeah, and we 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 did find that at the end of the day it was more like as you know it's it's a lot nicer, I guess, if that's the type of style that you're after uh, to take your photographs. And and I agree. Um, but also, I think it's like with any type of photography. People that are good at it are practiced and they're good at it because they're practiced. But you'll actually see that they'll actually plan it like so they've, they've yeah. worked out the light. That's right. And they'll go there at a particular time. That's right. And they may have up. spent days there trying to figure out when the best light <clears throat> is. Well, I, I, I was talking to a really famous Australian landscape photographer and I was looking at one of his images and he said, yeah, I camped there for three days. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and funnily enough, he said, I, but he said, I'll tell you a little story. He said, I actually jagged that picture there on the first day. But yeah. He, but he said, because I'd booked a, a, um, a chopper to drop me and drop me out, he said, I didn't, I said, I was, he said, I was having so much fun just by myself, just enjoying my own company. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't bother, like, I could have, like, radioed them and said, yeah, come and get me, I've got the shot. Yeah, yeah. He just wanted to enjoy it. So some, yeah. sometimes, like I said, but it's about immersing yourself and being there for a length of time and doing your research. So That's right. But, I mean, the type of stuff that you took, on your road trip is is kind of more, I suppose, but when you look back on it, that does help you remember those That's right. That's exactly right. That's right. And I know that there is one particular campsite that we stayed at towards the end of our trip and I I feel like I have taken photographs but I'm one of those great photographers that has folders that need to be edited still sitting on my computer. There is one particular campsite that I remember it was a free camp and it was stunning we pulled in for morning tea and decided what stayed for dinner <laughs> we, we stayed overnight we we just we drove only 150 kilometers that day yep and we decided to stay because we did want to photograph it at the end of the day yes. and Shannon wanted to pop up her her drone yep um and I'm so glad that she did yep. because she got some stunning images um and I don't know if she got video footage but this particular spot was insane. It's like something you would see in America, but it's in our country. Yep. It's in Western Australia. And I have to say the landscape in Western Australia is is absolutely incredible. And The diversity? Div- like, uh, I just... Uniqueness? Unique. I think uniqueness is something that, yep. that I didn't expect to see. And I don't think it will be there forever. I, I just feel that the mines will... This is my very limited knowledge yeah. of this, so please don't quote me. But there, over time, there'll be 
less and less of it because it'll be mined or it will be developed. Developed. Yeah, some of the the outback areas, not so much, but definitely mined. There was a lot of beautiful spots that we went through that that you just kind of, you wonder if it will turn into a mine site because we did see a lot of empty mine sites that that have not been kind of revegetated like you assume they would be. You do, um, you do see the publicity for that saying how some of these different cars, how we we, you know, we put it back to the way it was, but it never quite is. Yeah, they definitely haven't. They yeah. absolutely haven't. We definitely saw examples of where it had not. Yep. Yeah, it's very frustrating to... And that, that probably comes to a really good point about what you did and timing is like mm. there's, from a timing point of view, like if you've got... If you've got the opportunity to do something now, now's the time to do it because yeah. you, you don't know what's – like some of these places you might visit in 12 months or two yeah. years from now, yeah. they they may have lost some of their p- appeal. and Absolutely. They may not even be available for you to go into. Yeah. Some of the um, – so we went to Karangini National Park in Western Australia. This is just one example. Some of the places that – were available to people 10 years ago to go into and explore are no longer available because they've identified that there is natural asbestos oh, okay. all throughout the national park. So they've they've stopped you from, from going into particular swimming holes, Yep. just as an example. And so for us to be in there before that happens again because there was some sites where they say don't touch the rocks. Yes. And also... Sadly, there was a dingo attack the week we were there as well. So they did close the campsite. So yep. when, when they kind of make decisions to maybe close campsites and you can only be a day visitor, it just really kind of hones in as well that we're visitors on this on the land. So leave no trace. Yep. And even on the campsites, be mindful of the native animals that, that would normally inhabit that area and don't don't create too much destruction or or disruption or to disruption their, to their normal activity. That's exactly right. And dingoes, you know, they're very, they're very curious creatures, but they also and resourceful and resourceful, absolutely resourceful. So there needs to be a little bit more education, I think, in some of those national parks to yep. the visitors, so that they're more aware of what they should and should not do in regards to the dingoes, because they euthanize one of them, which. While we were there, and that yep. was that was so heartbreaking to hear because they're beautiful creatures, yep. absolutely stunning creatures. It's it's funny how sometimes they how as humans we kind of have, have we have so much impact on the environment. Like people don't understand how much mm. of a negative impact we can have on an environment. Absolutely, and, and that can come just down to the way that animals behave. That they're kind of behaving in a, in a completely different way that's unnatural. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'll be honest when I say this, and I, I don't mean this in any disrespectful way, it's not always the Australian travellers yep. that are the ones that are doing things that they could do differently. I think it's it's about education. I mean, yeah. I think that this is a challenge. Like For some people, they just don't, I suppose, fully educate themselves before they go in the area. Yeah. I think this is one of the important things if you do travel and you're going into an area like that is to do your research and to actually yeah. understand what's kind of acceptable and what's going to be, like you said, be able to, for you to go in and enjoy that mm. but then leave it as much as you can unharmed. Yeah, and even things like I saw at the pinnacles of all places, I saw saw some tourists trying to approach 
an emu that was following its chicks. And yes. the emu was making that horrible noise that it makes just before it attacks you. Yep. <laughs> I, walked, <laughs> I walked over to them and I, and I said to these people, I said, don't go near it. It's going to attack you. Yep. And they're like, what do you mean? It's making noises. I'm like, sorry, that was a bad accent and not, not, <laughs> not in any way representative of these people. But. Yeah, it's like, come on, use your brain. It's yes. going after its babies. If someone yes. was going towards your babies, what would you do? Exactly. You're going to go in, into into kind of protection mode and yeah. protect them. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So every now and then, I'd 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 put on a wildlife explorer voice and create a little video for the people at home. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Look at this little beauty. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> really did. We really did. Mikey. Yeah. Mookie was really good at stitching together some little reels on an Instagram account that she has. So very funny. So it was kind of like, I mean, for you guys, like I said, it was an opportunity to kind of just see the country mm. and obviously capture some of that stuff. And did you find, what were the challenges? Did you find there was challenges along the way that you hadn't thought of before you started out? Photographically or oh, just, just for the in, trip? Just in general, like oh. things that you might have thought that, oh, we'll be able to deal with that, but it actually yeah. was harder than you thought. Yeah, I think personally one of the challenges I found was not knowing where I'd be sleeping at night yep. <laughs> when, when our trip was very unstructured and unplanned because we were relying heavily on free or inexpensive campsite so that we could go for as long as we did. Yep. I found that a challenge. I found I felt lonely, which I didn't really think that I would yep. come across, I think. And also because a lot of the people that we were interacting with wouldn't necessarily have been people that we would socially connect with. Yep. And we had very different values I guess and yep. it was very evident in the way that we traveled uh, every now and then we'd come across someone that was of our elk but not always yes like, yep. yeah so 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 would you say that nomadic lifestyle was obviously so different to your normal lifestyle mm. that was the kind of, of a challenge that you didn't didn't think of that well I've I really enjoyed the nomadic lifestyle so much so that we Almost purchased another, <laughs> a, a, another big, a bigger rig. A bigger rig, yeah. Sadly, it didn't didn't happen. But um, we had considered purchasing a bigger rig and doing it all over again. Jury's still out. It's definitely not going to going to happen say, straight away. Never say never, <laughs> yeah. say never, Terry. Check in with me again in five years' time. <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm sorry, I've forgotten the question now. <laughs> I just started dreaming about a bigger rig. She's thinking, oh, this thing, we're going to have a bathroom in it. It's a toilet. We're going to have one of those chocolate fondue machines. A lot. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was the question again? Something <laughs> about that, the challenges of like being, I suppose, away yeah. and, and just being in a, out of your comfort zone. I suppose that's the thing. I mean, we all, we all, yeah, in a comfort zone. Mm, I think, yeah, the challenge was that it wasn't what I expected it would be. In my mind, I was pitching, this is this sounds so silly to say this out loud, but I was picturing the Instagram kind of lifestyle yes. where you just look glamorous all the time. You've got this amazing your, hat and you buy this yeah, amazing waterfall. Incredible. <laughs> that is not actually what happens. And when you see those pictures, there is 5,000 children getting out of the way for that photograph to happen. I think that the, what I imagined was very different to what was the case 
Access yep. to fresh food and water. Yep. That's one thing I really struggled with. We didn't have access to fresh food a lot of the time. So in my mind, I also thought that I would get fit, healthy and thin on the trip. Yep. But you got scurvy instead. Got scurvy, put on <laughs> put on 20 kilos and, uh, <laughs> you know, we're still trying to work off our holiday kilos and we're not that mad about it, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think those misconceptions and I, I yeah, it's – Definitely not what you imagine it to be. I think you need to be incredibly open-minded. Yep. Um, and, yeah, yeah, there's so much. I could write a whole book about it, I reckon. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. You packed, you packed a lot of experiences into a very small time yeah, scale, really. We so there's did. a lot there. Was there. Was there any time, like when you're traveling, was there any times that you felt really uncomfortable or uneasy if you travels? Or did you find that everywhere you went you were pretty comfortable with what was going on around you? No, I'll say I'd say we absolutely felt uncomfortable. There was a few times where um, when you're in Wolf Creek. In Wolf Creek, we did go past <laughs> Wolf Creek. Oh my gosh, we actually did. <laughs> there was actually one night where we drove into a campsite that we found on Wiki Camps. Yep. And it was it was raining. Yep. We had no other option. We pulled into this very unique, very quirky um, campsite that had all these bones and weird stuff around. Yep. We did feel slightly uneasy at that <laughs> point. And you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, there actually was bones next to us. <laughs> but, you know, like I think I thought that people would be kind and generous everywhere we went. Not the case. Yep. I thought that every camper would make us feel safe next to them not the case yeah. i found we sometimes had to keep our queerness very very private yep. i guess as well and especially when i found that more so in the caravan parks okay which i kind of which is kind of surprising because yeah australia i you know, assume is quite tolerant and quite across what's going on in the world like yeah it's, but it's again it's but I think is it because some of the age of the demographic I think so the age of the demographic and I felt I actually felt quite uncomfortable in one one particular caravan park I just felt that was prying eyes yes yep more so from the older gentleman yep and it wasn't a judgment gaze it was more a creepy yep. kind of gaze that I wasn't you know that I felt very uncomfortable about that I've experienced in my early 20s yes. before. So, yeah, I think those kinds of things surprise me, but it wasn't surprising as yep. well to say that. Yeah. Right. So from a photographic point of view, what was your overall, I suppose, your overall feeling with the trip? You were quite kind of happy with the stuff that you did capture? Yeah, I, f I wish that I'd photographed... I was going to say I wish I'd photographed more people that I met, but I did. I photographed uh, three couples while we were away Yep. Um, that I just met. And I and you just asked them to I just pose asked, Yeah, I just asked them if I could photograph them. Yep. It was one, the first one was one re a really cute couple that are, that were not long married. Yep. It wasn't their honeymoon, but they were doing a trip around Australia similar it, to ourselves. I, here's my business card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, but they had a dog, so I was oh, okay. I went to every dog that I saw yes, without yep. fail, and that was at the Nullarbor Roadhouse. Okay, and I got some I got some lovely pictures of of them with their dog. Yep, just out the front of the roadhouse. So I photographed them and two people that we made fast friends with that yep. had two dogs, and then also an elderly couple. Well, they were sorry, I shouldn't say elderly. They were they were older. Yep, 
and they had a cute little dog. It was it was just people and dogs, really. <laughs> <laughs> Hang so, on, you go. That dog would look really cute in the photo. <laughs> I, know. I suppose we'll have to have we'll have to include the owners as well. I it really was that. <laughs> so yeah, because that that was something. Is that something you've done before? Like just like stop randoms in the street and said, "I want to take your photograph." Is that something you've done before? Because I know for a lot of people would love to do that, but mm. it's a real challenging thing to do. Think if I have done it before. I know I photographed a couple that I saw in a cafe and thought were really cute. I've asked yep. them to be photographed, but not right in that moment. No, yep. no, I'd have to say I haven't done it before, and I, I would love to to continue doing that. Yeah, and I think that's like a, a really interesting exercise, and, mm. and and I know it shouldn't kind of think this way, but I just think that from someone's like from a photographer's point of view, a female photographer asking to photograph a couple actually would feel more I don't know you'd feel more comfortable than comfortable a, yeah. than, than say say a male an older male photographer saying yeah. can, I, can I take you photo like saying, oh, what's this Yeah I I think you're right in saying that there is a stigma attached yeah. to it yeah, yeah. no I, I completely agree and I I don't feel that it's 100% right No look it's, it's not right but I mean it's 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 about perceptions like yeah you know sometimes people I mean, the other thing too is like people, I, I think generally people now are skeptical of people's intentions. That's right. Yeah. So you're offering to take the photograph because you've seen them as a as a really nice couple and, mm. and they've got this lovely cute puppy and you want to capture those photos for them. And I'm assuming that you gave them copies. And I did, yeah. yeah. So they all got access to a full online gallery that yep. a normal paying client would get. Yep. So I framed it like that. I would always show them my Instagram yep. at the same time. So that they got a sense of who I was. Said, Do you know who I am? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm famous. I'm Terry, the wedding <laughs> photographer. <laughs> yeah, people weren't. Yeah, it was. It was quite interesting. The younger couple were super cute, and when yep. I sent through the photographs, they were really nice. And yeah, and the other other couples as well. It's cool. So it's great that you had some really like. I mean, you had those opportunities to go and see some new stuff that you hadn't mm. seen before and experience those things and. And capture those things. Yeah. And I think, like I said, for a lot of people listening too, like it's it's always kind of, I suppose, quite often on people's bucket lists to mm. do something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. So, so, so your advice is like... Do it. Grab a camera, oh. gr- grab something, like you said, a 35mm prime, which which probably on a full frame is, is a really versatile travel. And yeah. And I just read like in both in New Zealand, I didn't take it too Tassie, but in New Zealand... And I used it a bit more in over in um, Singapore and Thailand. I took a 16 mil. 16? Mm. Wow. I, yeah, on the street, I really loved the 16 yeah, mil. Yeah, I can agree with you. I've had a 16 mil for a city, yeah. a city shoot before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, just like, I just like what you can fit in. Yeah, oh my gosh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah, you can kind of like, you know, I took this shot in one street and there was a, a young girl sitting on the on, around the corner of this building but where I positioned so I could kind of photograph both sides of the building. It's insane, was, isn't and it? A, and there was like two completely different scenes happening. Yeah. Captured in the one frame. Yeah. Which I wouldn't have got on say you know thirty five You no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I'm even finding now that I that I'm rethinking my wedding kit because I do want to fit more more in, the in frame. my frame. I'm considering going back to to a 24 to 70 and a 70 to 200 kit rather yes, than my yep. primes. Yeah. It has made me think a lot. 
since well, coming back. And it is, and it's that like getting out and just experimenting and trying stuff, and and it does like as a photographer, you I suppose your your tastes of what you see mm. through the lens changes over time as well. That yeah, I agree, often. and I think when you understand the application of your lenses is in how to use them, where and why it does make you think differently about what you've got in your kit. So I, I would definitely not replace, yep. but I would... Supplement? I'd supplement, yeah. So there would be... I know that for, for weddings, I'd really like to have a little bit more more scene when I'm getting ready and also when the ceremony's on. But afterwards, I'm prepared to just go straight to like the 35 and 85 or even just the 85. Yes, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely. I definitely think when stuff is happening at the reception, there's opportunities to get to do some wide angle stuff. Mm, absolutely, to, to really kind of set the scene what's yeah. happening because you can see multiple. I mean, I mean, one thing I love about photography is the fact that you can use your lens to isolate in a given scene. You can just isolate a small part of it, yeah, and just tell that story. You're right. There's a lot of other stuff going on, so sometimes it's actually. The other stuff complements. It does, it does, especially if you think about a room full of people yeah. and you're focusing on one person. person yeah. Also using that in supplementing with your depth of field, you can get some incredible results that do some some fantastic story writing, storytelling, sorry. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Terry, I thought, like I said, this is episode 250. Yeah, congratulations. That is epic, an epic feat. Look, thanks, Terry. It's been a, it's been a labour of love trying to, like keep doing the podcast because it is a lot of work but I know we've got lots of listeners out there and and it's interesting like I said I mean you did a Google search I did a Google search because we wanted to find out what the first episode, episode that was. We, we talked about and it just comes up everywhere like photo mission podcast just it just pops up all it over blew the place. my mind I was yeah. like what there's people in Canada listening oh there's people all over the world like it's there's people in every country i think listen to the podcast yeah, now so which is crazy amazing crazy so. good crazy good well i think it's just a testament to to how popular photography is like so many mm. people really enjoy photography it's a part of their life and like it i mean like yeah you, you went on this trip and it was kind of complimented what you're doing like you you had that skill as a photographer to be able to do that and to stop and and photograph couples and those types of things and yeah again it all adds to part of that experience like it's yeah. all a part of it it like, definitely and that's, is and that's your memories that you're going to kind of live with for the rest of your life so much so so yeah. much so i need to start sharing some more of the experience before it feels too old <laughs> yeah well what we probably should do is we'll close this one out and i think like i said people just got a bit of a taste of it but what we might do is is get you back and we'll just we we may revisit something that we did in yeah. an earlier podcast in, in another podcast. That like, sounds like a great idea because it, a lot of things have changed in the last few years. Because how long ago was the first one? Oh, that was maybe three, four, maybe five years ago. Yeah, it's at least four. At least yeah, four, so, so things have really years. developed technically. Yeah. Oh, Sorry, I mean technology wise. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, everything has moved in amazing, amazing ways. So, mm. look, well, thanks for sharing. A bit of what you've been up to, which is fantastic. I know, I know there's a lot of you have a lot of fans in in the podcast. Like people, oh, don't tell me that. My get, earphones will pop off. <laughs> people go, "Where's Terry? What's he up to?" <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. So it's really cool. And Thanks for having me. No, thank you very much. And again, I look forward to talking to you again real yeah, soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Steve. Okay, see okay, you. Okay, bye. bye.